Although, isn't that a felony to, like, impersonate a police officer? I think so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah, probably not. Could we cut this out? <laughs> could, we, could we still do the podcast while I'm in jail? Is that how that works? <laughs> there is a podcast that I think is, like, hosted by people who know. I think it's a hit. So, actually, oh, could you do that so we can get some listeners over here? <laughs> it's like, okay, I'll, I'll try my best. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Untranslatable Podcast. We are here recording episode 113, and today we have a very uh, otherworldly topic, depending on how you view dreams, and we are going to be talking about dreams and their significance in cultures around the world, and I'm looking forward to doing some in-depth dream analysis with my buddy, my pal, and my amazing co-host, my buddy Jared. What's going on, Jared? Hello. I always feel like somebody's watching me, and I have no privacy. That's what sometimes my dreams feel like. Please, call the doctor. Uh, but first, spread a little love. Follow us on uh, Instagram, Untranslatable Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Untranslatable1, the number one. You can email us, untranslatablepodcast at gmail.com. And hey, Pleasure. give us some topic ideas. You know, you know, not that we need them, let's be honest. We could do this all day long with our <laughs> eyes closed, hands tied behind our back. We don't even need the microphone. You'll come. You'll hear it. Uh, but uh, so other people come in here, not just uh, the three that uh, we can't get away from us without the restraining orders. Um, spread a little <laughs> love. With five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. Uh Spread a little love uh, uh, on iTunes and Stitcher. And by the way, yes, we're both still in Michigan. And um, I've been begging. I've been pleading. We've involved lawyers. I feel like we can work this out, Chad. It's not going to work. Nope. I mean, come on. Not going to work, man. The way you, said- the way you kicked <sighs> my dog off the porch. It just, it's not going to work. <sighs> Listen. <laughs> I misunderstood. I just misunderstood the conversation. It was a long... We'll, we'll get the lawyers involved and we'll figure this out. This is not the time or place. This is embarrassing. This is... We're, we're, but the show must go on. And um, we have lives to live. That's why. And uh, speaking of lives to live... Talk that calf out of that heifer. Uh, that's what our lawyers are going to do. <laughs> and that's what Chen are going to do. Because I believe we both went to some uh, meat-based... Uh, festivities this weekend we did very meat-based and very non-vegan friendly i would we say we didn't plan this by the way we we did not but you know what they say great minds think alike and uh or as germans ooh, got the verners that michigan staple very yes. nice yes you got upset tummy jared no Were i just you have nervous a, before this episode i just have a, a hankering while? for quality ginger ale and there's only one place to get it and that's verners everyone that's right I guess our unofficial sponsor of today's episode. <laughs> you should be on a Werner's commercial, Jared. <laughs> but yeah, so I was in Columbus, Ohio, visiting family, my sister, my brother-in-law, and my niece. And we were in Columbus, Ohio, and we went to the Ribs and Jazz Fest. And there are some pics on our Instagram, so check that out. Mm. Unfortunately, as I'm sure most of you who are alive and aware of what's going on right now, if you're listening to this as the episode drops, it has been hot, hot, hot. And so yeah. that means that we only spent a, a couple hours at the festival. My dad and my brother-in-law got some very tasty ribs. 
I myself am more of a uh, bird kind of guy, so I got some chicken. Also very, very delicious, though. I am that person that would order chicken at a rib fest. But hey, it was tasty. I enjoyed it. Do you have any chicken nuggets? Does anyone have chicken nuggets? (laughs) I was looking for those tendies, my man. Some chicken tendies. (laughs) Deep fry them. That's right. Um, you know, so Chad posted that picture first. We'll we'll get back to that in a second. Chad posted that picture first, and I thought, oh yeah, you think you're cool going to this meat festival? Oh yeah, <laughs> talk that calf out of that heifer. So I too typed into Google closest meat festival, and I happened to. F- Turns out, literally across the street, it was a five, ten minute walk away. If the, if that five minutes. Nice. Pig and whiskey in Ferndale, and um, did you have some good whiskey? I did. I had like an icy kind of thing, which was perfect because much like you, I was also suffering from a heat wave. And let me tell you, let me ask you if you experienced this. Not only was it a heat wave, obviously, so probably 90 plus, Mm -hmm. you would say. Oh, definitely. But also we're surrounded by giant grills. Yep. (laughs) I felt so bad for all the workers during during the uh, Jazz and Ribs Fest because it had to have been hot for sure behind those grills. I was super hungry when I got there. So when I first walked in, I did like a quick lap of the rib area. I bet you yours was probably bigger because mine was in Ferndale, which is a much smaller city than Columbus. But still, same concept. The mm-hmm. alcohol and the, and the food was generally split. Okay. Um, so like I, I did like a quick lap of the food area to see what was there. And, I, and you know what really sold me? There was this one place that was – I feel like you just purposely did that to uh, uh, make it worse. But I kind of like the effect. It's almost like you're – a creeper on AOL chat yeah, it's, and it's the, I'm 2005. Trying the, I'm trying to get the oh, lighting a little better. There we go. So um, what the hell was I talking about? I totally forgot. The, the, the whiskey and the meat was separated. Oh, right, 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 right. So the only reason I went to the place I went to, really, uh, what one, I did say, I was with Sydney, I did say, I want to go to the ones uh, that's run by black people. But then also, <laughs> there was one of those places that uh, they were from the South, and they were like, they're, let me just put it this way. Now I'm not sh- I'm not insulting their um I'm not insulting their meat, but I am saying that it um it, they're, they're I don't know if they're I, they're just better salespeople than they are cooks I'll say and they're talking okay. about how like best <laughs> best BBQ in the nation that's what they kept saying that best is BBQ a very in the nation. Statement. And, uh, and then one of the guys was like, they had two dudes that were either switching off or working together. He's like, where are you going? You hungry? You look hungry. You want to get the best BBQ in the nation. And so we got the best <laughs> BBQ in the nation. Was it the but best? really more I did. Cindy's a vegetarian. So that it was, uh, and I, I, I didn't really, I made the mistake of getting two meats. That's a lot of meat, people. If that you is a lot of meat. Uh, um, yep. I just wanted to test out these meats. And so the where I was eating them was next to another truck. And the guy that like worked in the truck across the street saw us eating it. And he's like, is it the best BBQ in the nation? And I was like, I, I mean, he's like, I didn't think so. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, that's great. My, my brother-in-law did something that was kind of smart. And he, he would get a quarter rack of ribs, which was like three, three bones. And... Uh, would try out a couple of them. But the thing was, dude, it was kind of pricey. Most places it, it was pricey. like eight bucks for yeah. a quarter uh, thing of ribs, which, you know, if you, if you try two or three of them, that's 16 or what, 24 bucks. So that's that's a little bit pricey. I'm not, I'm not eating ribs in public and or mixed company. You got to be out of your mind. That's something you only <laughs> do with people that you know well and know that will love you through through things. Because it's a very unforgiving food as far as your your face 
Yep. Not only Very your messy. teeth, it's so prone to getting stu- stuff stuck in your teeth. Yep. And then barbecue sauce cannot help but go all over your hands and oh, it's face. Be on your hands, your cheeks. And you have a beard. Your chin. Uh, oh, I know, dude. I mean, when I used to have had my like mustache a longer. Of towelettes around you. And, and if you have your mustache anywhere past your lips, it's game over. You're going to be that. having barbecue mustache all, all day long. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. But I got to say, man, it was fun. It was cool to check out some of the tunes as well. I wish we could have been there longer to listen to more music. But it was such a hot day that we had our ribs, listened to one of the bands play, then we went back home <laughs> into the air conditioning. Speaking uh, of it being a hot day, when I was leaving uh, Pigs and Whiskey in Ferndale, uh, we uh, got a Bloomin' Onion because, um, hey, don't judge me, okay? Uh, <laughs> All right, Mike. Um, there's a podcast I listen to, and they call uh, they call stuff like that shame eating. But um, <laughs> uh, it was we were sitting down in the shade by where um, I we had gotten the best BBQ in the nation. Oh, and the guy that's and the guy that said best BBQ in the nation one time. I don't know if it was accidentally or on purpose said best BBC in the nation. And Sydney and I like, looked at each other like, did we just hear? <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, quirky. I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe he wasn't wrong. You never know. (laughs) Well, that's what I'm saying. I was like, maybe, maybe. I mean, he's a good salesperson. Maybe he's selling multiple items at once. Any good business diversifies their product portfolio. That's Um, fair. That is fair. (laughs) Um, So we came back. We're eating this blooming onion in the shape. Maybe about an hour and a half later. and we look over and we see the people that were uh, serving that best BBQ in the nation laughing and taking a picture of that same best BBC in the nation guy sleeping on a, on a bench in the shade. He must have been having <laughs> some whiskey while he was making his BBQ or doing his sales pitches. Maybe. You know what's crazy though, Jared? Stay hydrated, I didn't realize people. how many... That's true. I didn't realize how many different awards and competitions they have for ribs and for barbecue and barbecue sauce and all yeah. this stuff. It's crazy. You know, when I saw that picture that you posted on Instagram, Untranslatable Podcast, I thought it was ridiculous, that giant banner. And then, like, a couple hours later, I went to the exact same thing. I was like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. This is not just... I was super confused when I saw that picture on Instagram because I was like, why didn't Jared repost (laughs) what I just posted yesterday? And I looked at it, and I'm like, oh, wait, that's something completely different. But it looked so similar. I can imagine that. That It really did look so similar. That's for sure. Well, Jared, I think it's time that we spread a little love. I'm with you. I'm and with my you. first shout out goes out to all of the people who have been out there in the scorching heat, working and helping others. Um, you know, I saw a lot of people giving helping hands, handing out water, um, you know, stuff like this uh, during the uh, Jazz and Ribs Fest. And I'm sure there were plenty of other good deeds going on while it's been so hot out. And uh, it's fantastic. But my next I, shout out. I heard go, today that, sorry, just real quick. I heard today on um, what you're saying that th- over 300,000 people in like the south, uh, what are we, southeastern Michigan area mm-hmm. uh, lost their power too. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I'm not bragging. I, listen, it could be me too. But a lot of people around me lost their power and stuff. And I was like, oh. We had brownouts I, here in Dexter. Hmm. What do so, you, what's, the, what's a brownout? When the power goes out and then it comes back on shortly thereafter. Okay, that's what. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, for my 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 boss was one of the people, and he said his power went out at like um, nine and came back on at like two in the afternoon the next day. Okay, yeah, that's not that's not ideal. That's for sure. All right, we'll spread a little spread a little love. Too. Let's do it. My <laughs> first one goes out to 
the New York Jets linebacker Brandon Copeland because he has been doing quite a few things off the field. Um, so he plays for the New York Jets, as I mentioned, and he seems like a really bright guy. So he, He's uh, got a lot of free time because he's never going to the playoffs. All right. <laughs> Slipping on Gator Pants. That's not love, necessary. Jared. That was not um, necessary. I don't even so, like or care about football. <laughs> so anyway, so uh, Brandon Copeland is a Wharton School graduate and has spent two summers interning at the investment bank UBS in college. He also took an off-season job on Wall Street in 2017. But what's interesting is now he is starting to teach a financial literacy seminar at his oh, alma like mater, which is actually at uh, Penn, yes. uh, alongside Dr. Brian Peterson, which I think is awesome. Uh, so he's going to be teaching a class called Life 101, which covers the realities of life and what we have to deal with, such as things of, about how to invest, plan for retirement, and build credit, which, to be honest... It's a useful thing for college students, but I think this should be going on actually earlier in high school. But I think it's great he's willing to give back, teach these lessons, and I hope that a lot of these students will really enjoy his lessons. I think it's great he's giving back in this way. Uh, it's really awesome. I agree that it should go back to high school, but definitely if you're going to be teaching people, I guess start with the older people because it's going to affect them quicker. But I love this stuff. I mean, people don't know this, but I'd say 50% of our conversation these days outside of the podcast has to do with finances or investing or like yep. buying houses and stuff and, and how to do that and how to save and all. <laughs> yeah, it's important. It's important life skills that, you know, I, I haven't, you know, not to, uh, not to bash on any of my math teachers in high school, but uh, I have not yet had to use Pythagoras' theorem, <laughs> um, but I definitely have been... A squared plus B squared equals C squared. That's right. You better believe it. But yeah. But so, like, yeah, I that's, that's, that's the tough thing about that stuff is you have to like actively find it. Mm -hmm. You can't just like, it won't just, you won't just naturally start doing that. You have to, you have to teach yourself. Right. You have to seek it like out to and about. learn it. A lot here at the Interesting Podcast. That is true. Very, very true. Uh, my next shout out, Jared, goes out to, and I've done this quite a bit. We've been giving this country a lot of love, but they deserve even more. And Kenya has now Spread launched love. their largest wind power plant in Africa, and they're hoping to be 100% green energy by, take a guess one, Jared. 2040. 2020. That's next, that's in a couple yep. of months. What are you talking about? Yep. They the entire country? 100% green by 2020. That's what does right. that mean, 100% green? 100% green energy. I'm assuming 100% renewable energy would be my mm, assumption. Okay. okay, okay, okay. Yeah, 100% renewable energy. So this farm is called the Lake Turkana Wind Power uh, Farm, or LTWP, will generate around 310 w megawatts of power to the national grid and will uh, increase the country's electricity supply by 13%. So I think this is really awesome, and I hope other countries will follow suit. I think it's really great that they are doing uh, so much with green energy in Kenya, and it's, it's just really awesome. So our hats off to Kenya. We mm -hmm. send all of our love out your way and hope you can reach your goal of 100% uh, green energy by 2020. Look. Sorry, I thought that was something else. I thought that was something else. I guess that works too, though. That does work. But I meant brilliant. That's what I meant. To that is rather brilliant. <laughs> Do you have any shout outs, Jared? Uh, I don't. I'm sorry. I'm a terrible person. Shout out to the uh, pig and whiskey. That I oh, shout out to Austin Bateman 
and uh, Anna Hargrove. I ran into them at Pig and Whiskey the other oh, day. Oh, cool. Very mm-hmm. nice. There you go. Nice. Well, I have one last shout out, and this is quite the shout out. Um, so this gentleman named Dale Schroeder, who was an Iowa carpenter who worked for 67 years and saved just over $3 million, used his life savings to send 33 kids to college. Damn. That's a lot of life savings. Yep. Yep. Man. So, and actually, you, he do you died. just only read financial things at this point in your life? You, ne- <laughs> you never know, Jared. I can't reveal all my secrets to our <laughs> listeners. But, um, yeah, That's what's true. crazy is he actually passed. This is what's really crazy. I just realized he passed 14 years ago. Hmm. Um, but now this has been the last cohort of what they call Dale's kids who have graduated college debt-free. Earnhardt so I think Jr.? it's really no, amazing. Probably not. Did a much better job than Michael Scott on The Office giving out you laptop betcha. batteries. So that's always good. <laughs> yes. If yes. you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, just Google Scott's Tots, and I'm sure you will not be disappointed. I, only make va- I, mean, I know the show you're talking about, but I only, I only vaguely remember that episode off the top of my head. But it doesn't matter because the clock doesn't lie. That is it's true. For those untranslatables. That is true. You go ahead and get us started, Jared. All right. I got a uh, quite the collection of languages here today. Sweet. My first one is Hungarian. And it's, uh, let me, you know. Kenyere lehet keni. And it literally means you can spread him on bread. So is it like they're really skinny? No. No. I don't even understand where you would come up with that. <laughs> uh, you can spread him on bread. Can you give me a clue? Um, you know, my neighbor across the street, uh, she is um, handicapped. She's older. She's maybe about 85, 90. So I uh, get her mail for her. I um, Sometimes I'll pick up her groceries. Sometimes I'll sneak out in her Corvette that she bought 20 years ago but only has 3,000 miles on it and do burnouts in the middle school parking lot. Um and she, as far as she knows, what she calls me is, uh, what she says to me when, oh, you know what I could have just said? This is my piano teacher I'm talking about. And whenever she introduces me to people, she always uh, says, you can spread him on bread. That's oh, it's, my... It's like, it's like you're, you're just a great person. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's the best thing since sliced bread. Yeah. Luckily, since you're good-hearted, this loud ham horn won't alert you to the point of cardiac arrest. <laughs> That's right. Well, Jared, I'm glad you got a plethora of languages because I decided to get a little romantic today. Oh, um, a, okay. a little bit of this was spurred by our song of the pod, which we'll get to later. But I have Italian and Spanish today. So mm. I want to test your Spanish as well. So here we go. So the first one is Spanish, and it is, Dime con quien andas. Y te diré quién eres. Do you know what that means? Dime con quién andas y te diré quién eres. Eres is like, uh, oh, see, listen. Is, is that some sort of form yeah, of is? is? Or like, that's are. like the, the infinitive. Verb to be. Of, okay. Yeah, the verb to be. So it is. That's the least important word in that entire sentence that I just gave you. Kind of. That one. Listen, I, I, tr- I try to learn. Important. I'm trying to learn Spanish by watching one episode of Falsely Identitat every two weeks. So <laughs> bear with me here. People. Baby steps, people. Baby steps. So this means tell me who you hang out with, and I'll tell you who you are. Oh, so you can, ju- you can judge a person by their friends. Yep. Very good. 
Mm-hmm. <clears throat> People keep telling that saying that to me. I don't understand why. Probably has uh, nothing to do with the untranslatable podcast, that's for sure. <laughs> no, no, no. Many freguista. Uh, my next one is Lithuanian, and it's Garmanotos Mintis. And that's li- it literally means curly thoughts. Curly thoughts. Is this like when your mind is going 100 miles per hour? No, but I like where your head's at. Okay. You like where my curly thoughts are? Uh, I'll Does show you you're my confused? curly thoughts are, baby. <laughs> now, the so, reason I did that, that's an example mm-hmm. of curly thoughts. So to flirt? <laughs> wow. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> that's not what it is. No? I, I mean, well, it could be if that's your style. You never know. To each to each their own. What What is it, Jared? That's part of... Uh, it, it's a dirty mind. Oh, okay. Slipping on gator pins. We'd say your mind is in the gutter. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Curly I thoughts. I tried flirting with you in a gross way to, for, as an example of it. Right. Gotcha. I thought that well, was clever, but it didn't work. So who it, it was clever. I'm just not clever enough to pick it up. <laughs> it's, all, it's all good. My next one is Italian for you. And it is... Okay. Oh, I, I, I just, Many freghista. I, I can't speak Italian, but I love trying to just say it the way I would think an Italian person says it. I'm sure it's wrong, but here we go. Get it your is, hand ready. That's right. Get Maybe even both hands if you're really Uh-oh. trying to get into it. <laughs> Close it your is, eyes. Dolce far niente, which translates to sweet doing nothing. Is that like couch potato? Very good, yeah. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's like doing something that is like doing nothing. Taking a little stroll, sit, plopping down on the couch and binge watching Netflix, yeah. sitting on the beach, yeah, just doing nothing. Listening to the Untranslatable podcast on repeat? That's, that's not right. doing nothing, actually. That's work. Because that's you're a lot learning, of learning, too. And you're that's laughing right. hard. It's exhausting. <laughs> Um, my last one is Swahili, and it's tri, uh, rai spore loop, and it means walk in two lines. Walk in two lines. Is this like not having all your eggs in one basket? Why don't you have all your eggs in one basket? Because if the fox comes and eats my eggs from basket A... I have all Sim- them in- simple. It's simpler than that. Relax. <laughs> okay. We're going to figure this out. Uh, hmm. If you don't have all your eggs in the basket uh, and, you're, and you walk in two lines. It's just like to have your options open, right? Literally walking in two lines. When do you walk in two lines? In two lines. When you're drunk? There you go. Really? Okay. All right. It needs to be drunk to walk in two lines. Oh, I like that one. Mm-hmm. So, Jerry, do you want a Spanish one or an Italian one to end our Spanish? Of course. Come on. Okay. Here we go. A falta de pan buenas son tortas. Which tortas mean, is uh, cookies or, or something. Cakes. Bread. Cake. Yeah. A, a falta de pan. Uh, bread. Pan is bread. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. That's the so same that means French. a falta de pan means if we don't have bread. Buenas son tortas, cakes will do. If we don't have bread, cakes will do. Mm. Now who has the dirty mind? <laughs> Slipping on gator piss. <laughs> uh, um, Not cake in that way. Where it's like, we'll make a, we'll make a, we'll like, uh, there's an English untranslatable that's smoother than what I'm about to say. But it's like making the best out of a bad situation. More or less, or, or I would say making do of the resources you have at your disposal. But yeah. Mm. I think the judges would give that one to you. There you go. <laughs> I think they'd give that one to you. That's for sure. Just a tiny, tiny bit of it. 
That's right. Well, Jared, I think it's time that we get a little dreamy. And let's talk mm. about dreams and their significance in other cultures. And to start our main segment today, I would just like to explain to our listeners out there, this uh, episode idea, this topic idea was spurred from me having some crazy dreams the last few days. And uh, I was wondering, what, what could these mean? You know, mm. For some people, dreams may have little to no significance. They might just think, well, it's just the way you're brain recaps what happened uh, during the day, you know, what you're thinking about, whatever. However, there are other cultures in Asia, Native American tribes as well, that believe that dreams are very significant, mm-hmm. and they have a lot of different symbolic, spiritual, metaphorical meanings now, in life. I don't know where this is. Maybe we'll get to this. We'll see. But um, also, by the way, I have, in different countries, the most common uh, dreamed about things by, uh, uh, like, children. Oh, cool. Okay, perfect. Um, but also... Um, I forgot what I was going to say. What did, did you keep going? I'm sorry. You're good. Um, I'm yeah, so, so, so I, I like had some. Shirt. Thank you. I had some good times, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I had some strange dreams, as I mentioned. And uh, I, I've always enjoyed kind of playing devil's advocate and thinking about, mm-hmm. okay, well, what, what could this mean, right? Because who knows? Maybe there is some meaning, whether it be a spiritual meaning. Uh, maybe it's like something related to your future. I know at least in. Uh, a lot of uh, Chinese, uh, ancient Chinese culture, they believe that dreams were like a key to what might be happening in your future. So what I want to do with you, Jared, before we get into some of these different countries and cultures, I want to give you some of my dreams, and I want you to tell me what they might represent. We'll play a little game. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what Jared thinks. So, you know, I actually uh, had a dream this morning that I was going to bring up to you, and I forgot it. <laughs> oh, no. And, and some cultures uh, would keep... I know in ancient Egypt, they would keep a dream book where they would write down mm. what happens. And, and I know some people, too, in the States who do this. I have a few friends who do this. But the, the key with this is you have to have the notebook next to your bed, and you have to write it down right mm. as you get up. Because that's the weird thing, is we forget our dreams very, very quickly. And, and I don't know And you start filling why. in the holes. You know, you these kind of start making it up, too, I think. Right. Right. That happens. So... So I'm going to give you give you one dream, Jared, uh, that, I, that it's been kind of a reoccurring dream, um, and I'm curious to see what you think. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners out there can probably relate to this and have maybe had a similar dream. But I have this dream. It almost looks like it's in this weird, like, anime kind of black and white cartoon where I'm running away from. I never get a clear view of what I'm running away from. It's, like, dark, and the colors are kind of black and red. And I'm running away from this like silhouette, this figure. And I'm running and I'm running and I go up to the top of this building and I'm running. And as I look back, I hit the edge of the building and I fall and I wake up right before I hit the ground. Hmm. What do you think that could mean, Jared? Uh, well, I mean, there's the obvious you're afraid of something. You're not you're not facing something that, you, that, you know, there's something bothering you that you're trying to get away from. And you, it's sort of a way of telling you that your subconscious telling you you know something's inevitable that you're maybe afraid of dealing with that would be my guess okay maybe you're really hungry and uh since you're back you're like i heard jets does cajun and garlic crust half seas on a pizza there are multiple options <laughs> i'm gonna go with a though just to be fair okay fair enough fair enough yeah i'm, I'm not sure i've been told that the 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 falling dream means that you are worried you won't reach your potential in life. Now, I don't know mm. if that's true or not. Obviously, a lot of this is up to your own interpretation. 
Falling um, is a, a common one. Um, I have a dream for you. Well, okay. this is more of a theme. Let's put it this way. Okay. When I was a kid, I used to often have dreams, and I was pretty good at with dreaming when I was a kid. I could almost sort of like plan it if I wanted to. So you were a lucid dreamer. Sometimes, yeah. It yeah, was okay. it was creepy, cool. but I loved it too. It's really cool. I can't to be do able it anymore dream. though. I just, I'm, I'm, I was, it was probably easier when I was an empty-minded child. And now I've got <laughs> maybe, bills maybe. to pay. Maybe. <laughs> I don't have time for this. So tell um, me about your dream. When I was younger, I used to often have dreams and uh, various plays on this dream involving me being a, a spy or secret agent of some sort. Almost Black James Bond-esque. Nice. Okay, you want me to analyze it that? Was just ver- it was honestly just various themes on that. Okay. You don't have to well, analyze d- it, I guess, do you, you remember? Do you remember any of your adventures as... Is Jared Bond? Um, it would be a lot of snow-based adventures. Nice. It would be a lot of uh, maybe like um, stopping the world from ending kind of thing. Like, okay. like it's, I'm never like I'm never really in it for a woman. I mean, there's always some you know it's James Bond, so there's always some sort of. Uh, some well, you sort also of said sexy you were younger when this was going on too, though, right? So I did think I that mention Halle Berry was uh, in in this dream? Yeah, help nice. me explain. Help me understand this dream. I'm about to tell. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no, but um, it would it would usually be in, involve me saving some sort of like like saving the world kind of thing. So okay. it was never like to save some lady. Like there wasn't anyone tied to train tracks. It okay. was more like, uh, yeah, I don't know. And it was always like, uh, oh, yeah. That was really it. It it was a very broad theme because, like, I had plenty of these dreams and variations Mm -hmm. on dreams based off of me being a spy or secret agent of some sort. I I think assassin, assassin too. Okay, all right. That's now we're crossing lines here. That's true. Well, if if we just go with the James Bond motif, I think it could represent that you view yourself as someone who uh, will be doing important things in the future, and Mm. you want to maybe help people, killing people. Yes, by, by <laughs> killing people, of course, definitely. Um, interesting. <clears throat> I had a really weird dream, though, while I was in Columbus over the weekend um, where I was at this party at MSU where, where, I, went for, uh, where I went for grad school, and uh, there were all the Fulbright language teaching assistants uh, who were there. It was like a sunny day out, maybe even like before one of the first football games of the year. I'm not sure, but we were all sitting outside drinking, which makes me think that it was like a tailgate. You were also there, buddy, of course. Yeah. My buddy Shane was there. Um, you betcha. And we, were, and we were talking, and, uh, you know, we're, we're drinking and stuff, and we're, we're kind of walking around campus. And this is the weird thing about my dream. This is what kind of weirded me out as I was walking. And then one of, the, one of the girls that used to be a Fulbright language teaching assistant at my school was kind of like flirting with me. I was flirting with her, and we're walking down the street. And then across the street, I see my ex-girlfriend sobbing and just sobbing she's in tears and her her twin sister and her friends are like comforting her what what do Mm. you think that dream could represent i have no idea it was so weird i woke up and i'm like i'm like what just happened those are always the craziest dreams when you wake up and you're when they seem so real Mm -hmm. that that you're like wait what have you ever had one like that where you like almost kind of spoke and someone said, like, what? And you're like, oh, I, I was just dreaming. <laughs> oh, for sure. I've, I've woken up before while I've been, like, speaking in my dream. And that's woke mm. me up before. Mm. What do you think that dream, that dream represents, Jared? I have a couple um, ideas, but I'm curious what you have in mind. 
Uh, I would say it's. Um, I mean, did you? How, how did when you woke up? How did you feel? How did I confused? Mm. Just confused. Sad, happy. Hmm. I don't really think I felt either. Just confused, okay. and I, I guess I was wondering why my ex was crying. Um, I was wondering. Also, why I was flirting with the girl I was flirting with. I mean, she's a cutie, but, you know, mm-hmm. it was never like that. We were always just good friends. So, I don't know, just confused. Like, why okay. Why was I doing what I was doing? Why were some of the things happening around me that were happening? Uh, I would say uh, you're, um, I don't know if the term's projecting. Listen, I'm not a doctor. Uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd say you're almost like a, you're like you're, you, I, I, I've probably a lack of closure would be what I would think it is, and also whenever someone's in a relationship, it always feels you always want to feel like you won the relation, you know, won the breakup or something like that. Okay, interesting. I have a friend. I'm not going to say his or her name, but uh, this person was talking about a uh, relationship. This person was in a relationship and they broke up a while ago, and um, like maybe maybe like uh, let's say three months ago. Okay. And uh, and uh, he hit her up. She she broke up with him, and he hit her up, and and she was like, uh, "Hey, um, uh, can you we, not? <laughs> we should hang. No, we should hang out one more time before I leave because I'm moving." And um, hmm. and uh, it almost seemed like, "Oh, you just trying to like win this relationship? Is that what it is?" Um, all right, yeah, I would think it's just like I. To me, it feels like a lack of closure. Maybe okay. it's a uh, uh, like um. Or maybe it's a sign of closure, because that sounds kind of nice. You're, I, were you fine? <laughs> it didn't. Yeah, I was fine, but it didn't make me happy to see my ex in tears. Well, to that's because you're a human, you. Chad. Congratulations. All right, you're just trying to brag now? <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Uh, yeah, but dude, I think a lot of people would be happy, you know, to, to see their ex miserable, d- depending mm-hmm. on how the relationship ends, right? I mean, I, I ended it with my ex. Uh, I was the one who decided to break it off. Um, I think it was kind of mutual at that point anyways, though, which is a moot point regardless. But but I don't know. Slipping on it, gator it piss. Was, it was just weird. It was a weird dream. Um, yeah, and like I said, I just woke up confused. Um, do, you, do, you enjoy, do you enjoy dreaming? Do you enjoy that feeling? Oh, I love dreaming. I love waking up and thinking about them and analyzing them. But mm-hmm. enough about you and I, Jared. We're here to talk about other cultures. The I mean, untranslatable so. owl is going off, and it wants <laughs> us to talk about other cultures. So I want to start off with some of the meanings Shout in out. ancient cultures because it, I, I just found it really fascinating. So we're going to start off with Mesopotamia, and uh, uh, this is the land between the Tigris and the Euphrates. In case you're not sure, and this is part of what is now Iraq. And where the, where's the Tigris? You say that like everyone knows where the Tigris and Euphrates is. It's like I said, it, it is part of what is now Iraq. Oh, you did just say that. Yes. You know, that's that's yes. my bad. It's all good. I'm sorry. So, so this civilization in Mesopotamia believed that um, basically that dreams uh, have a, a signs. Dreams are signs sent from gods, right? And then mm-hmm. what's crazy, or not crazy, but just what they did back then is people had their dreams translated by dream priests, which Jared was just my dream priest for all of you uh, out there listening right now. You betcha. And these dream priests would, uh, you know, foretell the dreamer's future. And uh, so, yeah. And what's interesting, too, is they would try to incubate dreams and summon them by means of spe- uh, special rituals uh, during this time period, which I think is really cool that they would try to have special 
rituals and things um, to elicit these different dreams, which is really awesome. And a lot of other uh, countries and cultures have similar beliefs with dreams. Um, And Egypt, ancient Egypt, also took many ideas from the Sumerians, which were in Mesopotamia. They also viewed dreams as messages from God, and they created their own dream book, uh, which is, if you're curious about this, you can check these out um, in the archives at the British Museum in London. Uh, And they uh, they had temples dedicated to Serapis, which was an Egyptian god where special dream interpreters lived. And Egyptians, also like the Sumerians, celebrated rituals. They even gave sacrifices and recited prayers in hopes that their dreams would reveal fragments of their future. Uh, The dream of the pharaohs attracted the most attention because they were seen as gods themselves. Given their status, it seemed perfectly natural that the gods wanted to deliver important messages in the pharaohs' dreams. It's interesting. Do you associate any, any bits of spirituality with dreams at all, Jared? I don't know about spirituality, but I do. I do think there is probably like a, uh, like a. There can be like a prediction of the future kind of kind of thing, but I don't think it's really more predicting the future and more just your brain thinking about your, like your life in a different way. You know, mm-hmm. like I don't. I don't think I don't. I don't see it as some sort of you know someone telling you something really in a sense of more just like. This is a part of our brain that we can only access in this time, and you just like that. This is how, like, you're maybe you know, almost to the sense if you want to get, I guess, if, if you want to get real spiritual, you know, this time that we're in when we're awake could be like the the resting time for when we're uh, sleeping. For all we know, who knows? You know, yeah, that's so, true. Yeah, so we could charge up for a good sleep or something. That's right, a good dream. Well, it's yeah. interesting you mentioned that, Jared, because around three thirty five B C. The Greek philosopher Aristotle uh, said that human beings are capable of achieving the pure form of wisdom only during sleep when our minds are liberated. Um, So I think this is really interesting as well. And uh, the source of wisdom for Greeks was uh, the Oracle of Delphi or Delphi, who had an impact on even the most important decisions in the country. So this Oracle's prophecies were created based on dreams. Mm. So dreams played a significant role. In military decisions, if you've ever seen the yeah. movie 300, you know what I'm talking about. So as, they're coming to well, attack us. Oh, no. I must as, go to sleep. As well as family life. Get me some um, warm milk. <laughs> as, as well. Now, what's also interesting Who has is... the melatonin? <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's interesting is Hippocrates, who is regarded by many as one of the uh, fathers of modern medicine saw dreams as important indicators of physical and mental health. And I would agree with this. I think our dreams do kind of reflect a lot of hmm. concerns or things we're looking forward to or, or anything like this as well, hmm. um, which is kind of interesting as well. Um, and there's even a book. Um, I, I'm not going to – I think it's – I'm not even going to try to say it because it's Greek. I do not speak Greek, but they have a book. It's translated into English as the Interpretation of Dreams, uh, which was written by Artemidorus in ancient Greece. And you can still uh, access this book, and this book is the basis for many contemporary books about dreams. So you know you were doing something good when you were writing this stuff way back when, and it's still used as a basis for many contemporary books about dreams. Do you have any mundane dreams ever? Yeah, once in a while. 
Just some I kind of like those ones. too. I'm not gonna lie. Okay, um, it's all great. <laughs> Sleeping is great. Like, it's it's great. Um, speaking of mundane dreams, let's talk about ten of the most prevalent dream themes in a sample of Chinese student uh, students, according to you. Who? No, I'm not gonna do that. That's terrible. <laughs> That's terrible. I'm sorry. Slipping on gator um, piss. Now, this was done in 2008, but it's not often that they do these things, I guess. I don't know. And what do you think is the number one? And I have other countries, too, not just China. What do you think is the number one um, re, uh, num, no, number one thing that is most commonly dreamed about? In China? In this sample. Like, what was the most common topic? And it doesn't have to be just one thing. So, like, what was one, the most how, common how, topic? How old were the... Were the participants think in the college study? students college and they're oh, doing college the, if it's college then it's got to be either school or future job you betcha uh school teacher studying okay what do you think number two is number two this is in china hmm mm-hmm. Hmm. but i'll say this there is similarity among all the countries not exact orders or anything but remember okay. these once you get them because they will come back later and okay. maybe okay so what, what was the first one? School? Yeah, school teachers studying. 95% of people claim to have had dreams about school st- uh, teachers are studying. Next one is people probably... People sampled, f- obviously. Right. Next one is probably just future or future job. Mm, no. No. Okay. No. Now you're... Um, well, uh, uh, no. No. Okay. What is it? Number two is being chased or pursued. Okay. Interesting. Okay. And I think that's like the dream really, I explained earlier. <laughs> that also starts to fall into the lucid dreaming part too. Because there's that lucid dreaming feeling where you can't have you ever lucid dreamed? Yeah. Oh yeah. Where you like you can't move, but it feels like someone's in the room and they're like they don't even know you're there or something like that. Or you like try to move to get up, but you like for with all your might you can't lift up your is arms. Is that lucid dreaming or is that sleep or paralysis? My, uh, oh, those aren't the same thing? I I thought lucid dreaming was when you could control your dreams actively. Oh, see, now I thought lucid dreaming was sleep paralysis. When you're I, in the, I don't think now so. Now you're telling I'll me I need Google to see it. a doctor ASAP. It hasn't happened Pro- in a long probably, time. Probably, probably, yeah. Let's see. I'm Googling lucid dreaming versus sleep paralysis. Let's see. All right, well, number three um, is falling. That seems okay. kind of obvious. That's what you had, too. Okay, let me guess number four is... Hmm... I'm trying to I'm trying to think if I think being on time is really important in in Chinese culture so I'm going to say Chad. people are afraid of being late. Am I right really? Arriving too late, missing a train. Oh man, I had a terrible terrible reoccurring nightmare when I was with my family in Salzburg after we finished well after I finished my year abroad in Vienna because I was worried what would happen is I would get separated from my parents. Well, really, what I was worried about is my mom would get separated from my dad and I and and would be stranded somewhere. And, you know, my mom doesn't really speak any German. I, I wouldn't say she's the seasoned traveler that my father and I are. And so I was really worried she would get stranded and, like, we'd never see her again. Or I would get stranded wow. and have no way to contact them and get stuck. And, and some mm-hmm. of this was because I was late and I missed the train. That was the whole point for that. So interesting. What's number every, five? Every now and again, and now not often, because I'm starting to sound, feel like I sound like an insane person. Every now and again, but not often, I'll wake up sometimes valid and I'm actually late, but sometimes not. And I'll just like shoot up and look at my clock and it'll be like three in the morning. Right. 
But like, that, oh. isn't that a great feeling though when you look and you're like, oh, I can go back to sleep for a few yes, hours. Yes, but like it, it, it kind of gives you like the butterflies a little bit. Like it's, it's a kind of too aggressive of a way to wake up, you know. But yeah, eventually you get back to sleep. Okay. Um, give, me, give me the rest of them, Jared. Let's hear these. Uh, failing an examination that kind of counts as school and a sure. Although failing in general, a, a person now alive as dead. These sound more like nightmares than they do dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, all nightmares are dreams, but not all dreams are nightmares. That's true. Trying again and again to do something. Oh, that's the worst. Did I ever yeah. tell you about the, the dream I had? That sounds like was... sleep, sleep paralysis as well. Right. Did I ever tell you about the dream I had one of my last nights in the Czech Republic? Mm-mm. I had a dream. This kind of ties into a couple of these that you've mentioned. I had a dream that <laughs> I uh, I was out celebrating my last night in the Czech Republic. And mm-hmm. I got so schmammered uh, that I couldn't find my way home. And Brilliant. when I was looking at my, my cell phone to get the Uber, I couldn't type in, nor could I even read mm. on my phone. Mm-hmm. So I had no way of getting home. And I kept trying Stranded. to tell like my friends, can you type this thing? And they were like, your phone won't work. Like... Like, it's on, but it won't type it in. And so I ended up missing my flight and stayed in the Czech Republic. I mean, that makes perfect <laughs> sense to me as someone that has traveled through a lot and knows you very well. The idea of being stranded, mm-hmm. I can definitely imagine that one being a... Uh, try, oh, yeah. Flying or, or soaring through the air. That's a positive one. That's a fun one. Yeah, for sure. Being frozen with fright. There's your sleep paralysis in <laughs> yeah. dream form right there. The last one's a positive one, too, for most people, at least. What do you think Getting it is? Getting it on. Getting it on. There you go. You betcha. Sexual Have you ever had any weird dreams, sex dreams about like people where you got up and you were like. Sometimes. I don't don't need to know who the person is. Go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, (laughs) like, like I had a dream one time where I left a party with, with one of our professors at Albion and she was not a very pretty lady to say the least. Yeah, but that has nothing to do with it. Of course, we all have had that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. F- fair enough. All right, we can we can leave it be. All right. Uh, I have another country though. Okay. And now you heard those. You know the general order: schools, uh-huh. being chased or pursued, falling, arriving too late, failing an examination, personnel alive as dead, trying again and again and failing, mm-hmm. flying, frozen with fright, sex. Now Germany. What do you think their list is? Hmm. You know, I would say Germans are a studious bunch. I'm going to say they're number one in school. You betcha. I'm going to say though they're n- once again. So. Okay. I'm going to say they're number two, though. I'm going to say Germans. Well, I, I couldn't really tell you about uh, Chinese people, but at least with Germans, I'd say Germans are pretty open sexually. I'm going to say sex is number two. Uh, I'm going to give it to you. Number three, though. Ooh, all right. All right. What's number two? Um... <laughs> I think this is <laughs> this is terrible. Their fears of being uh, chased or pursued, and I was thinking I could kind of understand why they wouldn't want it to. Ha- they know that it could happen. They don't want it to happen to them. Oh, you went there. All right, fair, I did fair go there. Enough. Sorry, fair enough. Slipping on. We do have a lot of piss. German listeners. Listen, I lived in Germany. I loved it. I loved it there. We both do. Anyways, next up, um, arriving too late. That's a okay. common one. I would say, yeah, especially in Germany. Germans oh. are Germans get uh, like Don't slightly offended if you show up late. Mm-hmm. Even like yeah, or too early. 
Or too early. Don't show That's up too true. early. Don't Who show up too late. Who are you trying to impress? Late. Just get here when we said we're going to get here. Yeah, like, exactly. You don't think I have other things to do? A uh, person now alive that is dead, of course. Flying, right. uh, failing, uh, being on the verge of falling. Interesting. Not falling okay. and frozen with fright. One more country. Okay. Canadians. A maple okay. syrup shortage is obviously number one. <laughs> Also, also, also the, the Maple Leafs losing in the Stanley Cup final, uh, probably. Uh, uh, what other Canadian stereotypes can we make fun of? Running out of Molson. Not, not being nice enough to your neighbor. <laughs> no, yeah, give it to yeah. me, Jared. What? I'm Walking guess... past someone on the street and, and, not, and not being sure if they heard you say uh, howdy or whatever they right, say there in right. Canada. Hello? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, they said it to me. I don't know if they heard me say it back. Right. <laughs> I'll send them a card. What are they, though, Jared? Uh, being chased. These Canadians are uh, thinking about sex a lot. That's number two. Okay. Falling, school, arriving, being on the verge of falling, and uh, all the same ones, except for the last one. What's the last one? Vividly sensing a person in the room. That's also some sleep paralysis Ooh, shit. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, your, your sleep paralysis oh, demon is creeping me out just hearing it. Jared's getting the chills, everybody. Oh, man. Interesting. Well, Jared, I, I don't know why, but I was looking through different cultures um, around the world. And for some reason, one that just really caught my attention was mm-hmm. um, the interpretations of dreams in Chinese culture. And so I want to give you some of these, uh, Jared, and, and we'll talk about them. So, so, and some of these are really different than what I would think of. So I'm going to, I'm going to give you the, the like symbolic thing in the dream, and I want you to tell me what you think it might represent, and then we'll talk about it. So the first one is abandonment. What do you think abandonment can symbolize or represent? Um, fear or commitment. Okay. What fear. What do you think? What do you think? If am I on the if, total if road track? You are. If I if mm. I was if I went to you know a dream interpreter in China, and I told them I had a dream that was related to abandonment. What do what you would think the dream they would be? say? I, I don't know. You, your spouse leaves you. Oh, you're saying what would the interpreter say? Yeah. If he had a dream about abandonment. Mm-hmm. What do you mean what would they say? What, what do you think? How would they interpret it? What do you think? How would they interpret it? Dream it's opposite of what you would probably think. And this uh, is another wanna, reason why I picked Chinese dream culture. They want to leave a relationship? <laughs> no. So abandonment is often viewed as... Uh, you are about to be given something. So, for example, and I, I don't know how this makes sense, but if you dream that your spouse has left you, it means your love will grow deeper with your spouse. And maybe it's because knowing that or having that subconscious thought of <laughs> who abandonment. Who of this? Well, well here's, here's my theory, Jared, of where this m- might come from, at least for abandonment. It might be different for some of these other ones. But with abandonment, you know, if you have a dream about your spouse leaving you, you wake up, you're a little, sh- well, if you love your spouse, you wake up, you're a little shook by it. <laughs> Finally. Damn it. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. If, you, if you really love your spouse, I could see how that would make you think even more about it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. All right, Jared, what yeah. about ancestors? What do you think ancestors could symbolize in a dream? So, for uh, example, if you meet a dead ancestor in a dream um, or if you're dead. Someone, ancestor- obviously, fear of death. Okay. 
once again, this is opposite. So the chi- in Chinese culture, you want to kill someone. They, they view this as a positive thing, not quite. If you meet a dead ancestor in a dream, it means your family Mama is hoo-hoo. blessed and protected. If the ancestor mm. speaks to you in the dream, you will have financial security. It's kind of like Coco. Yeah, a little bit. That's true. Okay. N- next is blood. What do you think blood represents? No, uh, it doesn't mean you'll die. Emotional pain. No. And dreams that you are bleeding means you will receive immense rewards. I don't know where these are coming from, but this is just how these can be interpreted in Listen. Chinese dream culture. Okay, What's interesting, fair. though, is I wonder if this has to do with the color red. In China, hmm. red is viewed as like hmm. a good luck. And also so it's kind of like during- an untranslatable. It's not. It's like you're going to be flowing with a lot of money or right. like riches, not money. Exactly. Exactly. Well, yeah, immense rewards. It could be mm-hmm. anything. Um, so what about chariots, Jared? What do you think a chariot can be a symbol of in a dream, according to Chinese mm-hmm. dream culture? GT350R Mustang. <laughs> Either uh, or. Ch- <laughs> chariots. Um, success or, uh, like, or, or like celebration or, now, go, now it de- or attacking? It depends. I, I will tell you this. It depends how your chariot is moving. Right. I'm thinking of like a after the thing's over and people are waving from the chariots. But chariots okay. are, are used for like a war, right? Yeah, they can be. Sure. Or for like uh, gladiator games. Yeah, or just basic transportation as well. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Before we had cars. That shows where my brain's at. <laughs> right, right. So, so Jared, chariots uh, are a symbol of how you feel your life is going. So mm. kind of like you said with the with the fancier cars, you know, you're doing well in life, right? So if you dream right. you're on a fast-moving chariot, you're making good progress with mm. something. But if you dream your chariot is not moving, you may subconsciously feel your progress has stagnated or stalled. The Chinese believe if you dream a chariot has lost a wheel, you will lose money. So it could be a GT350R if you're obsessing over that... Over that... Uh fast ride thinking that it'll uh always be there for you right that'll for always, sure uh, protect you and make you feel good right next up is eating and in chinese dream culture if you dream of eating in an elegant restaurant it means your social status is on the rise is there anything that's negative uh dreaming of eating well cooked meat can mean wealth so still positive <laughs> uh, oh here you go jared negative dreaming uh while dreaming of eating raw meat can mean hard times ahead hmm. Eating rotten fruit is a sign of approaching in China. Raw fruit, not food, but right. fruit. Oh, eating but you said f- you said meat beforehand. Yeah, can mean hard times, and then eating but rotten. But I guess, but I guess when these things were uh, were um, you know thought of, the idea of rotten food was way much of way probably bigger of a problem than it is now. Absolutely, and eating rotten fruit is a sign of an approaching illness. So mm. if you dream you're eating them fermented fermented apples. Watch out. For some, re- for some reason, that kind of makes sense to me. I would agree. What do you think? Uh, what What do you think does it represent if you dream of having gray hair? This is a positive one. Uh, oh, it means that you're um, gonna live for a long time. Hit that ham horn, my man. Good job. <laughs> Very don't good. Don't scare our gray hairs out there. Mm-hmm. What about if you dream of cleaning your house? I think this one's a bit obvious. Maybe. Mm. Like you need to clean out your life somehow, socially, um, financially. 
Well, well, I guess the, the opposite of that would be yes. If you dream you're entering a rundown or dirty house, you may be entering an unlucky phase of life. But mm. when you dream of cleaning your house, it can mean a guest is coming to visit you, which makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. uh, other than yeah. you, I usually clean up when I have guests come visit. So, you know, <laughs> makes sense. I always, I always joke about saying that, like, people always think my place is clean, but I clean my house like uh, people in the gym work out. Like, it's all the glamour spots. Like, I'm not, I'm not really doing any deep cleaning, but, like, I'll right. sweep the kitchen. I'll put stuff, I'll, I'll wash the dishes. But that's just all the stuff that people can obviously see. It's like, oh, don't, don't open that. Don't open right. that. Right. Oh, for easy, sure. Easy, Slipping easy. on gator piss. That's very um, true. So, yeah, so those are just some different mm -hmm. um, analysis of dreams in uh, Chinese culture, which I thought was really fascinating. I um, found a study, mm -hmm. and um, they talked about uh, some, common, some common factors among dreams. Just so everyone knows out there, you are not alone. Okay, let's hear them. Um, you're not special. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> People tend to dream about negative events a lot more frequently than they do about positive events. For example... People are more likely to dream about an attack or an, or an argument than a friendly exchange with another person. I could see that. I think it's because, unfortunately, the negative tends to stick with us, I think, a lot more easily than the positive, right? Like, the, the, the example I have for this is back in the day when I was in high school and even beginning college, I would work at uh, the Dexter Pharmacy. And, you know, I could have a hundred pleasant... Uh, transactions with customers, mm -hmm. right? All it takes is that one negative transaction Many um, to ruin your day, right? And so so yeah. I think maybe that's why, for some reason, yeah, we tend to have more negative dreams than positive dreams. Or maybe, maybe we remember them more easily. You know, I think it's really fascinating how, and uh, I think in theory, we dream almost every night, but you don't always remember it. Right. I think it right. depends on, you know, the cycles of sleep you're in. I'm no expert on this at all. And it's also uh, important to say there's a lot we still don't know nor understand about dreams. But, but we are doctors. It's, <laughs> but I was also going to say translatable that. doctors, that's for sure. <laughs> I was also going to say that um, I also think that the thing about dreams is that they're, they're a... Uh, a safe place to like exhibit emotions that you usually couldn't let out in your daily or you, you could maybe you could you just don't want to or they're like if it's it's uncouth to uh, share feelings and, and and like your dreams are a safe self-conscious place to express right. those feelings so would, maybe that's why they're negative because people tend to hold in a lot of feelings mm. maybe happy but also that could lead to uh anger who knows i would agree 100 percent. 1-800 untranslatable and we'll help you find out <laughs> I would also say too with we'll be right back dr with dreaming, it's it's also I think sometimes stuff that's buried so deep in your subconscious. It could be events that happened so long ago that like you've kind of suppressed. You know, it could be a traumatic event or whatever, and in mm -hmm. your dreams it kind of resurfaces. You know, yes, um, and yes. I think it's because at least for the most part, I feel like I can more or less control my thoughts. Right when I'm awake, when I'm conscious, but when I'm dreaming, mm -hmm. you have no control of it. And so now I think speaking, it's... Mm -hmm. Now, speaking of having no control, tell me if you've experienced this. External stimuli often influence dreams. For example, a person sleeping in a really hot room might dream about being in a sauna or being trapped in a sweltering desert with no water. Mm -hmm. If your alarm clock goes off, you might simply incorporate the noise into the story of your dream rather than actually waking up to the sound. Yep, that's now, happened that's to me happened before. 
that's happened to me before with getting hot. But listen, this was a long time ago. But I specifically ha- remember it happening to me with um, peeing in the bed. Okay, sure. I remember a couple. Uh, I I was pretty young. I think seven or eight. A couple times, um, I had rolled off the bed and I dreamt that I fell. Oh yeah, yeah. And then I woke up on the floor and I was like, "Falling oh, is really common for you." I guess so. Yeah. I've Which is weird because I'm not that afraid too. of heights. Hmm. Well, but clearly you're just falling off your bed. I guess so, huh? Can't stay still when I'm sleeping. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Um, it's it's really crazy though. Dreams are really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Now this one seems to be obvious. Men's dreams tend to contain more aggression, but women are more likely to dream about being the victim of aggression or a physical attack. I mean, that kind of makes sense. I mean, talking talking to talking to friends of mine who are females yeah i would i would agree with that for sure so here are some common dreams across cultures being chased or physically attacked oh we already talked about that Mm -hmm. same with japanese students as well throw that in there okay um okay we've actually gone through those that was it i just liked those facts at the beginning i thought those were interesting oh for sure but i covered the other stuff well, Jared, let's continue with our dream segment and let's talk about Ooh. a dreamy uh, classical guitar piece. Oh, he's also very dreamy. That's true. <laughs> um, but no, so you we betcha. have a song of the pod today that was uh, composed by Augustin Barrios, who was, I, bl- uh, I believe he was a Paraguayan guitar composer. Uh, it's mm-hmm. called Un Sueño en la fl- uh, Floresta. By uh, and it's performed by the uh, world-renowned classical guitarist David Russell, and it is truly a dreamy, a mystical, and a beautiful mm-hmm. piece of classical guitar music. And mm-hmm. uh, wh- what did you think of it, Jared? My first impression was obviously on his hands. Mm-hmm. You know, it took me honestly a couple of listens, but it, like to finally figure out how it works. So. He's essentially playing both the sort of a, a bass line and mm-hmm. the melody with his guitar. How many strings does that guitar have? Six. Seven? Six. Six? Okay. And so and for, for a while, I was like, how is he doing this? He's somehow playing at it with his hands. That's holding, excuse me. That's holding the Verner's got to me. Holding the fretboard? No. Then I realized that it's his thumb that's doing the bass ones. Yep. And then with his other four fingers, he does the complex melody. That's so once classical I found guitar. That, mm-hmm. Once I found that very fascinating, I stopped focusing on the hands because I feel like when I focus on the hands too much, I don't really listen to the music. Sure. And the first thing that really caught my mind, and you know, I, I didn't realize it was a dream-based beat piece. I just listened to it when he sent it to me. Is um, it sounded very dreamy and like going in and out of dreams by the way he worked the uh, crescendos and decrescendos. Brilliant. Absolutely, the dynamics. Absolutely. Yeah. He worked, yeah, he, he, ah, that's the fancy word I was trying to use, the dynamics. I'll, I'll cut that in post. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just take that from the top. I really like the way that uh, he used dynamics to, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I like that. And then I also uh, liked his hair, and I also mm-hmm. liked, um, <laughs> like it was a very, <laughs> and it was just a very uh, soothing piece, you know? Like, it, like I was actually sitting outside on my uh, deck or porch or front stoop when, mm-hmm. um, when I heard it. And I found myself just sitting there with my eyes closed. It, it's very easy to kind of get lost in it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And, and just for our listeners out there, un sueño en la floresta mean, means a dream in the forest. Mm, and I definitely feel like this piece, yeah, just has such dreamy remnants of it. Like Jared, and it's very so colorful I'll, and light. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it feels like... Mm. Brilliant. And, and it feels like, you know, 
it it would be a beautiful dream to have. You mm-hmm. know, if, if I would love if I I hope when I go to sleep tonight, this this <laughs> will be the background of my dream for sure. And that's David one of those Russell, dreams where you wake up and you're like, you wake up the next morning and you're like, ah, ah yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, what's amazing about the piece, though, Jared, is not only the dynamics, and and he just plays it so cleanly, but also uh, what we call in classical guitar tremolo, which is towards Mm. the middle of the piece, where it has the faster, you know, it doesn't sound good when I do it with my mouth, but um, and the way the way you do tremolo on gator piss on a classical guitar is you play like one note and with these with these three fingers with your ring your middle and your index finger really fast in succession like that and it gives it this really interesting quality and it kind of in a way elongates or accentuates the melody a little bit differently than if he would have just played single notes Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and i think that adds to kind of the the mysticalness if that's even a word it is now of the mysticality sure mysticism Mysticism, it, thank you. We did there it. we go. Parada. That's why two heads are better than one, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely amazing. Now, what's crazy, though, is in the video, at three minutes and eight seconds, he takes mm-hmm. a quick pause and slightly turns his tuning peg. I noticed that. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you remember that, because I wanted mm-hmm. to ask you about that. Yeah, which is really amazing. Um, and it's so and quick. It's just like... Zzz. You don't, yeah. And if you were just listening to it, not watching the YouTube video, you, could you wouldn't easily, even realize it. Yeah, but it's yeah. just a, it's just a rest. So, what, what, first question before we get into uh, what that, like, what that was doing. Uh, how do you do that quickly and know where to go? What, what do you mean? Like, how do you, how, how did he know? How do you just know off the bat where to twist it to? That's what I mean. The, oh, it's easy. I mean, you know which string is flat or sharp or too low or too high. Mm-hmm. You twist the peg. And, and you know, this I mean, guy I know, has been... I know how to physically do it. <laughs> right. It, it's just experience. I mean, how do you know, like, how do you find the... It's, I guess, kind of like playing a trombone almost. Like, right. how do you find the right note on a trombone? It's like you just right. learn where to... You feel well, and, it. And with me as well, with certain guitars, um, yeah, you just get a feel for it. You know, I know mm-hmm. if I twist it this much, you know, if it's a half twist or quarter twist, where the pitch will be so mm-hmm. it's just knowing your instrument and i mean this guy's a professional classical guitarist who's toured the world won tons of awards uh you know so he out of anybody would really know how to do this and what's interesting about david russell jared is he actually has a street named after him uh even though i believe he's i think his parents are either scottish or irish uh i believe he grew up in spain actually and there's a street named after him in spain um, mm. So pretty cool, and he's how do you an say, amazing. How guitarist. do you say street in Spanish? I don't know. You tell me. Yeah, that's that's true. I don't uh, know. I, you're <laughs> the you're the Spanish learner right now. I'm not sure. Street. I have no idea. I um, love putting you on the spot, but it would be better right. for like you don't have any reason to know this. No one expects right. German or Spanish from you. Um, okay, I liked it. It's Ulitsa in Czech. If you're curious. <laughs> oh, that, very impressive. But I'm not sure in Spanish. But yeah, it's a beautiful piece. Check it out. Mm-hmm. David Russell playing Agustin Barrios, Un Sueño en la Floresta. It's a beautiful piece. And uh, You've known this just, guy for a while? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's been one of my favorite classical guitarists I also guitarists noticed, and, and now I, I think everyone's a phony, and I have no faith in anyone. But I noticed his nails. Mm-hmm. Are yeah, those I real? I think they're real. Oh, they're real. thank you. Now, what he, what he might do is they he might great. put... He might put... Um, some what some classical guitarists do is they'll actually k- take a ping pong ball, they'll cut it, and they'll they'll tape 
uh, tape. They'll glue the mm. ping pong ball to the underside of their nail. I personally don't do that. I also don't play or practice as much as I used to, nor am I giving concerts. But I think a lot of these right. guys, um, you know, a you lot might... of them will use acrylic, like a like a acrylic thing over top of it just to strengthen them. Uh, some guys do use fake nails, but usually with a nylon guitar, with a classical guitar, the strings are a bit softer. Oh, right. mm-hmm. And so you can get away with not having these huge mm-hmm. fake nails like John Butler did. That's what Jared might be referring to. Yeah, the Coke nail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. John Butler has some crazy long nails. Um, but yeah, yeah so check does. out our Twitter on Translatable One for mm-hmm. our you Songs of the Pod and also YouTube on our playlist as well. And it's You betcha. Oh, I just love classical guitar music, man. I mean, Me obviously too. I'm very biased as someone who studied classical guitar. But, but I came into have... the song with no sort of experience and I told you it, it it definitely can take you to a place very easily. For sure. That's what I love about classical guitar music. And a lot mm-hmm. of it has this kind of mystical dreaminess to it, which I think yes. is really great. Yes. Um, so yeah. Don't listen to this though when you're driving down the road and you're already getting kind of sleepy, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, this that is not a dangerous. good road trip at night at nine o'clock at night song. Or five AM when you're exhausted. Check too, out Lizzo's yeah. new album for that. That's um, right. my Spanish word of the pod today. I'm back. Now clearly it wasn't that word that you just said that I forgot so quickly that I didn't even get it. Literally I got the um S P I think. And then I was like, I don't even know what the word was. Um, for street? Is that the word we were talking about? Yep. Uh-huh. Street. It was. I, I wanted to get that. Cale. Oh, there we go. Okay. Street. There you go. Mm-hmm. Cale. Calle. Mm-hmm. Oh, calle. Oh, two L's. L's. Two L's. Yeah, calle. Yeah, okay. All righty. That was worth it. My word of the <laughs> Spanish word of the pot is not calle. It is uh, uh, senor lucida. Lucido. Which means... Oh, uh, lucid dreams. There you go. There you go. You mean Parada. sueño. Sueño. <sighs> right? There's an enye, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. The little I'm sorry, thingy, everyone. the squiggly over the end. Hey, you're learning, man. Don't be sorry. It's part of the process. Mm. I only know that because I've heard so many people pronounce the name of the piece as sueño. Mm. That's the only reason why I really know it. Mm. Um, but yeah, cool. Uh, nice. Well, Jared, I got some dream jokes for you. So let's get to it. So, uh, why why did uh so jared why did i go back to bed um to wake up on the other side no because you told me to follow my dreams Uh, (laughs) honey i'm going to work (laughs) uh (laughs) give me my tylenol pm this is serious that's right um so jared uh what do you call um or or, oh nope Wrong, wrong one. Sorry. So mm-hmm. last night mm-hmm. I had a Slipping dream on gator piss. that I was swimming in an ocean of orange soda. What was it called? Oh, I know the answer. What is it? Because that's one of my favorite drinks. What is it? Fantasy. That's right. It's a fantasy. Very good, Jared. Fanta Orange is one of my tops. Oh, it's fantastic. Maybe only second to Verner's. That's right. You heard okay. it correctly. Nice. Nice. So, Jared, why did I wake up exhausted this morning? Mm, why is that, Chad? Because I dreamt I was a car. <laughs> oh my gosh. You just got a jias out of me right there. <laughs> That's right. It's like, damn it, I have to laugh at this. And my last one for you, Jared, is how can you keep your dreams alive? Uh, by never waking, by dying. Nope, by hitting oh. that snooze button. Oh. I like my joke better, but admittedly, it's a little darker. It's a lot darker, that's for sure. But, that's but it okay. is kind of clever, keep your dreams alive by dying. 
Oh, they, I didn't catch that. You're mm-hmm. right. That is mm-hmm. clever. Parada. Little oxymoron there. Okay, fair mm-hmm. enough. Well, Jared, I think it's safe That'll to say be, that... Uh, uh, hashtag keep the dream. <laughs> That'll be my new podcast. Keep your dreams <laughs> you, alive while dying. There you go. Nice. Well, Jared, I think it's time that we send everybody off with a quote of the pod. And I think... I think regardless of what your beliefs are in terms of spirituality, um, the subconscious, psychology, whatever that may be, I do think dreams offer us some insight into our lives, whether that be our mm. mentality, our physical body, our hopes, our dreams, our worries, our, past, our concerns, our, our past, past. Or our present. Or and our future. Excuse me. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think, you know, don't be afraid to roll out ancient Egyptian style, have a dream book, you jot betcha. down your dreams, think about them. I always enjoy it. And mm-hmm. uh, let us know what some of your dreams are at untranslatablepodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what some of your dreams are. Maybe Jared and I can send you a little dream analysis. Who knows if we'll be right, (laughs) but to each his own. Mm. Um, Or if you want to see some dreamy photos, check out our Instagram, untranslatablepodcast. Check out our uh, YouTube channel, untranslatablepodcast, for our dreamy song of the pod, Un Sueño en la Floresta, by uh, Barrios, uh, played by David Russell. And And let us know. And if the lawyers work it out, Maybe we'll be back uh, in person together next uh, next episode. Who knows? That's right. The That's lawyers right. are talking. I'm not allowed to talk about it till after I sign the NDA. That shit's pretty tight. That's all I'm it's saying. important. That's for sure. So let us know, though, what we could do to make this podcast. I'm going to stick with this dream theme here. And let us know what we can do to make our podcast even dreamier for you. Uh, by giving us five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. It would mean the world to us. We would really appreciate it. And as always, we really thank you all for your support. Thank you for listening. And as we say here at the Untranslatable Podcast, de cuyame a muchas gracias.